0: bismillah bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wassalaam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala as-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh how's everybody doing? alhamdulillah so today inshallah ta'ala we are continuing with hadith number 41 there are 42 hadith in Arba'in and Nauwi and so second to last inshallah ta'ala in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says none of you truly believe until his desires, until his desire is subservient to what I came with. Now, this hadith is reported by Baghwi in uh, Sharh Sunnah and by uh, al khatib al-Baghdadi in Tarikh al-Baghdad, and so on and so forth. There's many other different sources for this hadith, but unfortunately, when you take a look into the chain of narration, what you find is that this hadith is actually weak. And the reason is, even though it has many, many different chains. Uh, 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 and it's you know, it's been recorded in multiple sources when you take a look at the chain you'll find that they all go back to one particular individual and this person's name is an-Nu'aym uh, ibn Hamad and most of the discussion revolves around this particular narrator who was a righteous person uh, but unfortunately would sometimes narrate weak narrations and as a result of that uh, based on Al-Albani's perspective, uh, Shaykh uh, Shoaib Al-Arnaut, Ibn Rajab, Ibn Asakir and so on and so forth Many different scholars have classified this hadith as weak because obviously a chain is only as strong as its weakest link And therefore if there's even one person in the chain that he uh, has the, you know, uh, the reputation for sometimes making mistakes That's enough for us to say because we are not fully certain, therefore we will classify it as weak Now keep in mind that the meaning of the hadith is perfectly fine the meaning, based on the, uh, uh, the the meaning of the hadith, is is perfectly legitimate, and we're going to talk about other sources from the Quran, particularly which uh, uh, bolster or express the same meaning. So the meaning is perfectly fine in the hadith. Uh, but in terms of this particular narration, can we say that the Prophet ﷺ said these words exactly in, this, in, these exact word, in these exact words? And the answer is uh, since we don't have 100% certainty, therefore we say it's a weak hadith, and therefore we should not say that the Prophet ﷺ said this without mentioning, by the way, this is not uh, fully strong, there is weakness in it. And this by the way, uh, and therefore because of that, I'm not gonna be talking for too long. I'm just gonna, not gonna give t- so much commentary. Today's gonna be a little bit short ta'ala. But uh, uh, the point is to say that, just as a side point, we should always appreciate that subhanAllah, this is something extremely unique about Islam. That subhanAllah, this is a deen that we trace everything that we know that we have from the Prophet directly to its original source, the Prophet, who received it from Jibreel who received it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we don't, you could say, play around with these issues. And subhanAllah, this is something truly unique to Islam. And this is something that anybody who studies comparative religion, they can try their best to take a look at, uh, you know, the major world religions, right, with, be they, uh, be they uh, Christianity, Judaism, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Islam. These are the five major world religions. You'll find that subhanAllah, uh, uh, none of them have the, anywhere near this level of rigor and uh, 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 you know, um, precision when it comes to its authenticity. You just don't have narrators. You don't know who they were. You don't know uh, their histories and who they studied with and how they learned what they learned. And so as a result of that, subhanAllah, Islam is something truly unique that Allah Ta'ala Guaranteed and promised in Surah Al-Hijr that he would preserve this deen But in addition to the promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we actually have Something, uh, you know, or you could say the, the Knowledge, the historical knowledge of, uh, of how uh, ahadith were transmitted and this gives us uh, Not just from a perspective of faith but also from a perspective of historical accounts uh, uh, Confidence that Alhamdulillah this deen has been preserved So what are some ayat of the Quran that confirm the meaning of this hadith, which is, none of you really, truly believe until your desires are subservient to what I came with. So this idea is mentioned in uh, when Allah Ta'ala says in Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 65, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِي شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتَ وَيُسَلِمُوا تَسْلِيمًا Allah says, but know by your Lord, and Allah is speaking to His Messenger, Allah is saying, no, by the Lord of Muhammad In other words, speaking about Allah, swearing by Allah. They will not truly believe until they make you, O Muhammad judge concerning that over which they dispute among themselves, and then find within themselves no discomfort from what you have judged and submit in full willing submission. So in other words, Allah Ta'ala is very very clearly saying that if you truly want to reach the state of being a mu'min, of being a believer, then you're not truly reaching the, st- the status of being a believer, until the Sahaba and of course everybody after them, you know, generation by generation, uh, by by extension, each and every single one of them, starting with the Sahaba, when they had a dispute in a matter, they would have to say to themselves, okay, well what does Allah, as in the Qur'an, and the Messenger say about this issue? How can we look at Qur'an and Sunnah to see how to reconcile this issue? And this would take place at the time of the Prophet And sometimes there would be people that bring issues to the Prophet and ask him to be a judge for their matters. And some people would say, look, I submit and I accept. And others would sometimes find issues with this, which would show a weakness in their faith. And in fact, this particular ayah, when it comes to Asbab al nuzul when it comes to the cause of revelation, we know that it's mentioned in Sahih Bukhari, authentic hadith, that Zubair, he was quarreling, he had an issue with a man from amongst the Ansar. Uh, And so, you know, they they had a a certain... uh, argument back and forth, regarding a certain stream of water that was close to their house. And so they brought this issue to the Prophet. You know, they would tr- naturally try to grab some of the water and irrigate their water, and sometimes people would dispute, I want more, no, you want more, back forth, so on and so forth, especially depending on proximity to the person's house. And so the Prophet said, he, he heard about the issue, he understood, and he said, okay, so this is how I'm gonna reconcile. It. Thumma ma ila jarik. The Prophet was actually trying to be generous. He told Zubair uh, uh, listen, You, when you take water, instead of just watering your own crop, try to help the guy out, the Ansari. First, direct the water to go into your own crop, and then whatever's excess, allow it to flow, try to direct it so that it flows into your neighbor's uh, 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 garden. Why? T- to help the guy out. Now, is this something that you must do? No. It's not, I mean, it's his business. If he wants to water his, his garden, then he has to work for himself. But the Prophet was trying to reconcile the issue that they were disputing about. So he said, you know, help the guy out. Try to, try to be good to the guy. The Ansari was not happy with this because the Ansari felt like, no, I deserve even more help or I, des- I deserve even more. So he says, Ya Rasulullah, and Kana ibn anmik, that he said, Oh Messenger of Allah, is this because uh, he is your cousin? So, subhanAllah, this is <laughs> very, very insulting. Right, this is very disrespectful to suggest that the Prophet is being biased in his approach and judging based on family relations as opposed to based on haq, based on the truth and based on revelation. And so subhanallah, this is something very disrespectful that that, that was stated. And then the Prophet he became uh, uh, very upset with this. But then he still he said what? Zubair, hatta ila al jadr, ila ila al jadr, thumma al ila jarik. He Then he said, O Zubair, irrigate your land and then withhold the water until it fills up the land uh, uh, to the wall and then let it flow to your neighbor's house. So in this case, he was basically saying, don't go out of your way to help the guy, but you basically help the guy still out a little bit. But ultimately, he was basically saying, this guy <laughs> this seems to be disrespectful, so you don't have to go out of your way. And so SubhanAllah, uh, uh, this hadith is just showing that and then Allah Ta'ala revealed, excuse me, the, the, the conclusion is what? That Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayah, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُكَ uh, شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ That Allah revealed, what? By, no, by your Lord, they will not truly believe until they make you a judge uh, concerning over that which they dispute and they find no sort of a dis- uh, discomfort within it. Now, the problem with this hadith, the problem with what the Ansari did, what, with the problem with what he did, it wasn't just the fact that he asked a question. It's that the question was disrespectful and it was an insinuation that the Prophet was being biased. It's very important to differentiate that being disrespectful versus what? Asking questions. We as Muslims are not discouraged from genuinely asking a question. In fact, that's a very good thing. We are encouraged to ask questions. Why? Because by questioning, you allow, you, you expose the brilliance of Islam, you come to conclusions and you realize just how amazing this deen actually is. So it's not a question of asking questions. The problem is what? Being disrespectful and throwing accusations out at the Prophet This is something that is uh, obviously discouraged. And obviously, we all know that we've all been to school inshallah ta'ala, and we all know that when you're being taught by a teacher that is experienced, knowledgeable, and that you respect, sometimes you don't understand something that they're, te- that they're telling you. It happens. Now, the arrogant person immediately does what? Assumes that the teacher is wrong. I've seen this in class, I remember uh, in, in linear, there was this kid that was very cocky and very arrogant and well, he said, well, he raised his hand, he said, the teacher said, is there something wrong with the equation? He's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong except you're wrong. And he just said it so rudely and I, I remember the way he said it, I was like, that was, and then the teacher looked it over and the teacher was actually very professional. And uh, he looked it over and said, no, it's right. And then and the kid was like, what? He goes, no, no, it's, it's right. And the kid got very embarrassed. <laughs> it was very ridiculous. But it just the way he acted like he was the king of the universe, it really was awkward, and uh, it really bothered me. But anyway, alhamdulillah, the teacher was very professional about it. And, uh, and so the idea is, instead of quickly assuming that the teacher is wrong, what should you do? Just say, I think there might be a problem. And the teacher would very respectfully say, well, no, it seems to make sense. That would have been fine. So you could ask, but don't assume that the person is wrong. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the humble person doesn't react with assuming the teacher's wrong, they react by asking themselves, maybe I'm missing something. And now obviously, if Islam was a deen that was wrong, then you would ask, am I missing something? you go deeper. And say, hmm, I still don't get it. Am I missing something? You go deeper. Am I still missing something? But eventually you'd say, listen, I've tried so many times, it's not making sense, it's not me, it's the deen that's wrong, it's the religion that's wrong. And this is what I believe why people leave their previous faiths and come to Islam, alhamdulillah. But with Islam, if you go deeper and deeper, you will be satisfied by izhnillahi ta'ala. Other ayat that describe the same concept are what Allah says in Surah Al Nur that Allah says, and when they are called to Allah and His Messenger to judge between them, when they're called, sometimes you say, Look, we have a dispute, let's take a look at what the Quran and Sunnah say. Let's figure this out. Some people, when they're called to have the Quran and Sunnah, Allah and His Messenger. Uh, uh, you know, uh, reconcile between this dispute. A party of them will turn away. Uh, some of them will say, no, "No, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't take that." Even though they're Muslim, and so this is showing a, a level of nifaq. And then what does it say? But if the right is with them, if they're actually right about the situation, then they come promptly and obediently. They come enthusiastically, and this happens. I mean, I, I'm sure many of, us, many of us have seen it. I've personally seen it in a situation where you tell somebody that they're wrong because of this verse of Qur'an, because of this hadith. They say, well, no, no, I don't know if that's right, and I don't know if it's authentic, and I don't know if you're interpreting it right, and and they don't have anything to back it up. They're just saying, no, 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 they're just pushing it away. But the moment they know that they're in the right, oh, look what Allah says. You can't disrespect what Allah says. Look what what this hadith says. You can't disrespect this hadith. You can't overlook this hadith. So they act like this Qur'an and Sunnah is an absolute authority when they're right. When they're wrong, uh, I don't know if it's an authority. This double standard is sometimes called fatwa shopping, right? You you pick it when you like, you leave it when you don't like it. This is religion of convenience, right? That some people have with various faiths. And I know that other religions, they have people that, you know, they pick the verses that they like in their book and they leave others. And they just, you know, like it's a buffet and you just take whatever you like and you leave whatever you don't like. And this is really disrespectful. And honestly, it really destroys the religion when it's being passed down to the next generation because kids aren't stupid. As they get older, they realize Look, the only person that's in charge here is not God. They're their own God. They're, I mean, the only real deity here is them, their own hawa, their own desires. Right? Because they're just saying, look, I'll take the parts that I like. I, I won't take the parts that I don't like. Or I'll twist it how I want. So who's really in charge here? Is the, the book in charge? Is God in charge? Is Revelations in charge? Or are you in charge? So you're only worshipping what? Your own hawa, your own desires as your own deity. May Allah forgive us. In fact, there's actually a nice quote from St. Augustine. We love the truth when it, enlight- when it enlightens us, but hate it when it convicts us. Nice quote from St. Augustine, who apparently must have dealt with these issues as well <laughs> in his own uh, faith. So, subhanAllah, you, know, you, you find that people from various faiths have this issue that people uh, you know, are, play very uh, loose and, and fast with uh, words and definitions and, and, and uh, evidence. Allah Ta'ala also says. <laughs> Uh, that the Prophet does not speak from his own inclinations, but rather it is a revelation that has been revealed. And Allah Ta'ala also says, What? That it is not for the believer man or for the believing woman when Allah and His Messenger have decided a matter that they should thereafter have any choice in the matter thereafter. In other words, it shouldn't be a matter of, oh, this is what Allah and His Messenger say? Well, that's nice, but you know, I think this anyhow. Um, this is a very disrespectful attitude. And to be perfectly honest, you are, you may think to yourself, I'm just doing something small, but you're introducing legislation. Where are you getting it from? Who is the authority here? How can you out-legislate Allah Ta'ala? In fact, Allah asks the question: lahum shuraka'u shara'u lahum minaddini ma'lam yatham bihillah? Or do they have other deities who have ordained for them a religion to which Allah has not consented? In other words, the word here is what? Uh, that the Allāh Ta'āla is talking about shara'ū. Do you have some other deity that is giving you a sharia, giving you a Islamic, giving you a law? And so that's when whenever it comes to giving our opinions and giving our own feelings when it comes to Islamic matters, you should recognize that what you're doing is not just opining on a situation; rather, you are what doing sharia, shara'ū. You're you're offering. Legislating, that's the term you could use That you are actually legislating And this is a huge um, uh, disrespect And very some, something you really have to take seriously And, and be careful of And uh, the final point that I want to mention is that Inshallah, one of these days uh, It's going to take some time But one of these days, Inshallah, we will be exploring Surat Al-Hujarat Inshallah, Surah 49 of the Qur'an Surah Al-Hujarat is also known as Surah Al-Adab Or Surah Al-Akhlaq Which means the, 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 the Surah Or the, the, you could say chapter, but anyway The Surah of character and good behavior, right? So, Akhlaq adab, these are, th- that's what it means. And the reason is because subhanAllah, one by one, it addresses issues of character. And it's so beautiful the way it does it because Allah Ta'ala first tells the believers how to deal, how to have good adab, and good character with Allah, and then with His Messenger, and then with information in general, whatever information comes to you. And then when it comes to the believers when they're fighting, and then when it comes to the believers in general as well, when you maybe have a dispute with them, or and so on and so forth. So it has this beautiful layout, uh, uh, stage by stage of how to perfect moral character. It's a beautiful surah. And the way it begins, Allah Ta'ala says what? Ya La <laughs> وَلَا تَجْهَرُوا لَهُ بِالْقَوْلِ Allah says, O you who have believed, do not put yourselves before Allah and His Messenger, but fear Allah, indeed He is the all-hearing and the all-knowing. O oh, you who have believed, do not raise your voices above the voice of the Prophet or be loud to him in speech like the loudness of some of you to one another, lest your deeds become worthless while you do not perceive. So, subhanAllah, these ayat are saying what? Don't think that your opinion can just say, well, Allah says this, but I think that. I've actually been in situations, it was actually, this was many years ago. MashaAllah, the brother was a, a good Muslim brother, but you know, he just was, we were just hanging out and talking, and, and the guy says, you know, if I was in charge of a government and you know, I think uh, the way I would rule is kind of like a, a communism, you know, type of way. You know, I think that's really good. You know, it's a nice system and everybody gets to share. I think it's really nice. I said, I said, bro, I know you didn't mean to say this, but technically, I'm pretty sure what you just said is tantamount to kufr, it's disbelief. And he was like, what? I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not accusing you. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're, I'm not, I'm not making takfir. You know, I'm not like trying to claim that anybody's a disbeliever, but I'm pretty sure by saying that, well, I believe that, you know, when it comes to the different ways of legislating and the way, different ways of running a government, I think this one's the superior one, right? That idea in and of itself is saying what? Is saying that ultimately you disbelieve in the sharia that Allah Ta'ala has laid out, and you're essentially saying that, look, it's a nice attempt, but I would do things differently because I think the other one is superior. Well, if it's superior, that means it's a better idea than what Allah has revealed. And so he was saying it just casually and we're just having a conversation, but he didn't realize just how heavy these words are. And I said, look, I'm not accusing you, but you just, just so you know in the future, if you're a Muslim, you can't talk like that. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, you can't simultaneously believe, yeah, I'm a Muslim and I believe in Allah's revelation. That is the best. But at the same time, I think that there's another whole system that is superior. Then that's, that's, that's disbelief. That's what it is. So anyway, alhamdulillah, obviously he didn't hold on to that opinion. He realized what he was saying. This ayah also has to do not just with putting your opinion first and thinking that your ideas are superior, but also in the way when, Allah, when Allah's words are being recited, you should quiet your voices, right? That, uh, that you should not put your speech first or be loud, or just put on the Qur'an as background noise while people are jo- joking around and talking. To the point that subhanAllah, there's a very beautiful uh, uh, quote from Ata Ibn Abi Rabah. He says what? إِنَّ الرَّجُلَ bil بِالْحَدِيثِ فأنصت فأنصت له كأني لم أسمعه وقد سمعته قبل أن يولد. beautiful hadith or no, it's not a, it's a it's a khabar. I mean أخبار is from just a quote from the from from this from this uh, you know one of the righteous predecessors he says what a man would narrate a hadith to me and I'd remain silent and listen carefully as if I never heard it, while in reality, I've known it since before he was born. <laughs> Beautiful hadith. Just going to show how much respect that this person had towards the knowledge of Islam, whether it be Qur'an, whether it be Sunnah, that some you know, young kid is coming up to you saying, did you know that the Prophet said this? And he's going and narrating the hadith. And he says, I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen. Why? I'm not going to interrupt and say, yeah, yeah, I know this one. I know this one. In fact, I've known it before you were born. You know, he's not saying that. He's saying, no, I'm going to sit and listen. This is just going to show adab. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who, uh, you know, we try our best to show respect to the Qur'an and Sunnah. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are always doing our best to understand any doubts that we may have so that whatever our desires may be, that we, with age we understand that this deen is not something that Allah legislated for, you know, just just to demonstrate authority. You know, keep this in mind. Allah Ta'ala could have, Allah ta'ala could have said... If you're a believer, I command you to jump around on one foot only. Why? No benefit for it, just to make your life difficult, just to show that you submit to me. Just as an example, right? Like theoretically, Allah could legislate whatever He wants. I'm gonna test you. I'm gonna test you with something difficult. You know? D- instead of walking on your feet, walk on your hands, everywhere you go. Why? Because I told you to. And you say, yeah, Allah, this is so difficult. Yeah, well I'm in charge. And, this, and life is a test, so I'm gonna test you in a hard way and I'm gonna give you eternal paradise if you listen. So I'm allowed to do whatever I want. The idea is, that subhanAllah, uh, uh, Allah t- could have done this uh, 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 if, if, if Allah Ta'ala wanted. And yet, subhanAllah, Allah is so merciful that Allah Ta'ala only legislate uh, legislates that which is actually good for us. Don't eat haram food. Why? It's not good for you. Don't consume drugs and alcohol and so forth. Why? Because it's not, it's not good for you. It's not going to good for society. And so on and so on and so forth. The way we wash ourselves, the way we remain clean, the way we have... Married, mar- marriage, marriage relations instead of what? Out of wedlock, etc, etc. All this is good for humanity. All this is good for society. What a ni'mah. And if ever you don't understand it, the more you study, the more you understand, eventually you, you, you want your heart to be in line with Islam. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who always understand this deen, appreciate this deen, and realize that Allah Ta'ala is bringing the best out of us. Ameen Ya Rabbi Al-Amin. JazakAllah, wassalamu alaykum wa wa barakatuh.